Hey, this is Chase Barber. And I'm Jordan Willie. We're two blue-collar boys doing some blue-collar interviews. Uh, I'm Nav. I'm, I, don't know, I, I drive machinery and trucks all over Outback Australia. Is it the easiest way to put it? Nice, nice. <laughs> oh, the Outback. So what are, what are you... Uh, currently, I'm a helping out a silage contracting crew. So it's just green feed for cattle. Oh, okay. okay. Do you all like those trains, like the multi-wagon trucks? Um, well, it's a bit hard to unload and get into pits and stuff with a road train. So we just run single trailers on the job. But between jobs, you've got to cart, you know, the big harvester and the push tractor and everything. So we run road trains between jobs, okay. which are actual oversized road trains. So we're running at, you know, 3.2 metres wide and 4.8 metres high at the biggest so it's a big move. That is a big move. Oh, hey. Chase, you're back there. Yeah, I don't know why. It kicked me out there. I didn't know you could rejoin, so we're good to keep going. Sorry. We were just talking about road trains. <laughs> okay, so you're hauling single trailers? That's where I, I missed out on. Yeah, single trailers, but they're triaxles, so we can legally fit 42 and a half ton on, but we'll push it to 58 sometimes. <laughs> 58, 42, but, you know, we can push it to, just, just a to little almost bit double. <laughs> You'll occasionally get your odd 55. We try to keep it around that 50 mark for a 30-ton load. But you can push it, you know, to 60-ton. But that's on the, oh, we messed up and, oh, we need to finish off this last little bit. Oh, you get paid by the waiter. How does that? Uh, by the hour, which is amazing because you do 12, 14 hours a day, seven days a week. for. Well, this stint will be about four months. I heard that Australia has, like, minimum wage for truckers. Like, minimum uh, rates that you can get paid as a trucker over there. Yeah, so every industry in Australia has a minimum wage. Um, and the lowest you can get paid over the age of 21 is, like, $17 an hour. Hmm. Oh, that's nice. I-, I like how every industry has a minimum wage. And so the Canada just has like one minimum wage. This is like $15 an hour. And they're like, oh, the lowest you can pay anyone. You're like, well, hold on. Chase, minimum wage and is then, like 11 bucks an hour. It's 15 in DC. No way. Yeah, minimum here is like 11 $11 an hour. Yeah, that's why I don't do jobs for minimum wage. <laughs> like there is certain differences like doing an apprenticeship. So I've got a trade and when I started it, they could pay me ten dollars an hour, but that was because I was a per se, and they like, the company I was working for was paying for my schooling. Yeah, that's the way they justify it. But yeah, it's mm. a standard job, like a normal job. Your minimum, I think, is around that seventeen mark. Or in station work, which I've done a little bit of, like on the big cattle stations, um, there's a day rate instead of an hourly rate, so at forty dollars a day or something, you get paid less than seventeen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> most stations will supply you food, accommodation, Wi-Fi, all for free. Oh, that's pretty nice. Then. Oh, okay. Well, that's not bad, then. So, Nav, you said you operate equipment as well. What kind of stuff would that be? Uh, I'm more so of a grader driver than I'm a truck driver. But oh, really? Loaders, excavators, skid steers, um, yeah, just any sort of machinery that needs to be driven or operated. I'm, what, uh... I'm not the best. What kind of equipment do you guys run over there? Like over here where, you know, the top is Cat, John Deere, Tachi, all that. What what do you guys usually run over there? Uh, mainly for Outback stuff, it's all Cat stuff. So, nice. like you'll get your, 
my first grader I drove was a 12E. Oh. Breaker ones, and I loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just 140 H's. But they're now starting to move to the 772 GPs, which is a little, where you sit back kind of in an armrest and you've got little joysticks and super comfortable. Yeah, I think that's like the 14M in Canada or something like that with the two joysticks for your mole boards all on your thumb. Oh, sorry, the 772s are John Deere's, but... Um, yeah, yeah, John Deere was a little late to the joystick. Yeah. How do you like well, the joysticks? Switching over from the grader with like the 14 different controls to like the two joysticks. Oh, I haven't actually driven an M. Um, apparently, they are more sensitive, so... It's easier. I personally, yeah. I've ran both. I really, really like the joysticks. And I feel like the, the big difference is whether or not you're like a 50 year old man or a younger guy. It seems like everyone I talk to that's younger says they like the joysticks because it's easier. I think it's an easy with the John D doing anything complicated. Like if I was, you know, pushing a road or something, I had to get around a tree, I can throw the ass out and, you know, slide the blade all in one go without having to throw my arms around everywhere and do anything yeah. complicated where it just, you just sit there and move a couple of joysticks and you're sorted. <laughs> uh, What's it like running a grader in the outback? Like, cause you've got hundreds kilometer stretches with nothing. Right. And somebody's uh, got to grade those road, like a two lane dirt road. And we had to build and maintain that road all year round. And you'd start at one end, grade to the next and then spend a couple of weeks just running a water cart over it and then do it all over again. So, like, do you just, how long of a stretch do you do at a time before you're like, fuck it, let's turn around and start going back? Uh, the water carts can only do a 700 meter section at a time. So, you just do 700 yeah. meter sections. Well, how much with the grader? Like, how far do you go with the grader, though? Uh, well, you can do seven kilometers a day with two water carts. Okay. okay, that so to do the hundred kilometer stretch, you're looking at like nine days. Yeah, it'd take us about two weeks to do the hundred k's, and you'd spend you know two weeks to a month just watering the road, and then go back to the start again, and just yeah, regrade it all. Just a never ending grader, and a yep. lot of water. Holy, yeah, I'd go through. Uh, building roads, you go through about a quarter of a million liters a day per water cart. <laughs> Holy. Is water, like, I, this is just might be my ignorance being Canadian, but, like, I picture, like, the outback in Australia being, like, a desert and, like, super hot. Like, is it easy to find water there? Uh, this in the desert where the year before they had 12 mil of rain for the year. Holy they had a big pipeline in the ground supplying a town that we could take water from from the artesian basin and you could pull 20 liters a second for the rest of your life out of that thing oh okay that's not bad then oh so that, water was that is a drought though that is no rain holy i can't even imagine that we like we yeah, get well, 12 we had... mils in a in a on the west coast <laughs> <laughs> yeah they had 12 mils in 28 uh 2019 and then 2020 we had 107 in the space of two hours, which completely destroyed our access to town. It washed our road away. I heard about that on the news. Because we were kind of like, 
no, we were kind of making fun. We're like, Australia got 107 mils of rain in a few hours. And we're like, yeah, that's a, that's a normal Wednesday out on the coast here. <laughs> yeah, well, that turned our half an hour trip into town to an hour and a half t- trip to town. Everything just turns. To, I imagine it's um, like your soil. Like wherever we have any kind of desert-like thing or areas with little rain, the soil, as soon as it gets any water, just turns to like a, a pure clay. Is it like that then? There was, oh, this place was a bit sandy. Um, this was like, yeah, as you picture a proper desert. So it just washed away and it was just, yeah, like, oh. Depends really where you are in the country with the rain you get. Because up north, when I was living in the Northern Territory, you'd get the wet season and this place is cut off. For six months, it starts raining in December and June or April or June is dry enough for them to rebuild the road and get back out of there. Okay, it, it, so that literally happens where it rains and you just can't get through. Because, like, I've heard the old Slim Dusty songs where he's talking about like the big wet came and early washed away the road. I'm like, is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. There was there was a part of the country um, in the Northern Territory called Arnhem Land, which is a really like it's an indigenous area that you've got to get permits to go into and stuff and i was in there over a wet season and it was a fly into the community you don't leave the community because it's surrounded by water and eventually it dries up enough that you can drive out wow well it's like our uh communities up north where they have ice road (laughs) access only yeah you can only get into the towns when it freezes because the rest of it's all muskeg and swamp you can't get (laughs) trucks or cars through yeah it's yeah pretty much the same but yeah, we had crocodiles everywhere up here. We don't have the crocodiles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what's the craziest weather you've ever worked in then for Australia? Like, what's the craziest seasonal thing you've dealt with? Oh, I've, I've been in 55-degree weather. I've been in sideways rain. God, how are you guys alive? Like, 55-degree weather, I'm pretty sure I would die. Like, did, you worked in that? Yeah, yep. It was 55 degrees degrees on the ground so i was in the truck so i was fine i had aircon i i guess but like how do you even keep a truck cool in that temperature uh your horton plays a big part um, what's a horton uh yeah oh, oh you guys probably wouldn't have them um it's an engine fan on a truck that i know the cat engines it'll turn on at 103 degrees and switch off at 96 degrees coolant temperature Okay, just your big, uh, your engine fan on the front. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we got that. I've just never heard to it referred to as a Horton before. Oh, right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, have fans here. we We do get kind of hot here. It's just not 55. Yeah. Yeah, so we'd have, one, like, one of my old trucks had the Horton run full time. It was an old cattle truck that lived out bush. So they just hooked up the Horton full time so you didn't have to worry about it. I love that it's called a Horton. I don't know why. Is there a reason for that that you would know? I I think it was the bloke that invented it or something. Was named Hort- I don't, I'm not 100% sure. It's probably like the Jake, how we refer to it as the Jake. It used to be called the Jacob's Brake because it was, you know, the, realistically it's an engine retarder. Mm-hmm. But everyone just refers to it. I imagine Australia has that like with the Horton. That's fair. Good point. Oh, so what is, what is it like right now for your COVID restrictions? I know I don't like to dive into that, but I'm just so curious on the other part of the world. Like, how are you guys handling it and what's going on? Uh, at the start of it, I spent nine months 
in isolation. Nine months uh, in isolation. Fun, fun. That was work-related isolation. So they sent us out to this job and they went, you can stay here until the job's done or till COVID's over. And, yeah, so we spent nine months straight. There was about 50 of us living in the middle of nowhere. Um, our food and stuff would come in and it would sit out the flat for 24 hours to quarantine and then we'd bring it in and was there ever any times where you were out of food or damn near out of food and you just had to sit there and let it sit for 24 hours being like we had one freezer that was completely stocked full of meat and they were pretty good on keeping everything like it was a big crew to run so i think that'd be pretty funny just have a big flat of food outside no you can't touch it it's gotta sit there another 23 hours yeah like at the moment I have to sign in every time I go to the pub. But you can go to the pub. Yeah, we can go to the pub. Okay, yeah, it's the same we, as we go here. Bars right now. I can't go to bars right now. I'm on oh, full lockdown. We can. We just got to sign in. Leave your name and number. Yeah, just, that's not too bad. Number, email, and you're fine. There's still like social distancing and things like that, but it never really affected me per se because I was out in the middle of nowhere where there was no COVID cases. Yeah, the same. Are we at least where I'm working, it's I keep forgetting COVID's a thing until Jordan brings it up. Like, <laughs> I just completely forget about COVID. And then Jordan will ask a guest about COVID. I'm like, oh, that's a thing, right? I don't know. I guess it's just weird for me where I am here. Like, we just got locked down again. Like, you can't go see your friends. You can't do anything. No works. Restaurants are closed. It's kind of a kind of a different world, I guess. And I'm only I'm not even far from you, Chase. <laughs> I think the hardest part for me was I was in a different state. So I spent those nine months without seeing my partner or my family um, for the entire time. That's oh, definitely that's hard. That's rough. Well, oh. I saw a few videos online. Um, are you guys still fighting a bit of a mouse problem there? Or is that just in certain areas? Uh, that's in well, the main problems in New South Wales. But we've probably got an audience of a couple hundred mice right around me now just right where you are yeah i, I am sitting in a mill shed so <laughs> I've got a heap of grain and stuff but yeah when i first walked over here they were all running around so i've heard you work for uh these operations how does the cattle operation work out in the desert or far any kind of farming out there like with I... only 12 mils of rain is it just massive uh massive irrigation or uh no, it was this place got the like bug or or rain, so they destocked to about six hundred head of cattle. But six hundred head over a million acres is yeah. Oh, okay, so it's just less density of the cattle over there. Yes, yeah, yeah. So they pretty much got down to their minimum stock level, put them out to their best area of their station, and just hope they survived. What was your stock before that? I wasn't, I'm not 100% sure what they were running before that, but it would have been that 2000 mark. Okay. Wow. I, I still can't imagine, like, even 600 to 2000 over a million acres. How do you keep track of that? Uh, it's really a lot of work on the owner. Um, he would go out every Sunday to go check on them and check the waters and stuff. And he was very good at tracking. So you could see marks and stuff and there was one day he came back and he's like oh we could go mustering i was like yep no worries we drove three hours out to where he thought they would have walked to because they walked across lake air to try find more food 
Oh, okay. And so we had to go muster a whole eight cattle to uh, bring them back and put them back in the good area. Do you have to go out with like an off-road trailer and truck or do you just run them back with horses? No, just a little body truck and you'd run out there. We had a couple of motorbikes and a couple of motor cars and went out there, threw a panel yard up, found them, pushed them to the yard, put them on the truck and drove them back. Okay, that's not too bad then. That actually sounds like a really fun job. I'm not going to lie. I really like the sounds of your job. When I was doing it up in the Territory, like chasing cows in the Territory, we had 1,000 head on 420,000 acres. Yeah, that sounds Sorry, awesome. Maybe. That's so much area, though. 400, even even 420,000 acres. Like, that's so much. That's crazy to me. And that was, like, 400,000 acres where that was was small. Like, our neighbor was on <laughs> 2 million acres. That's that's unbelievable to me. Like, a farm around here is, you know, six, 7,000 acres. <laughs> that blows my mind that, you know, I'm at a job here where we're chopping a 1,000 acres of crop. You drive around the paddock going, oh, yeah, this is okay size paddock. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I guess everything's just a little bit bigger in Australia, <laughs> at least in the outback. It is big. Like, there was one day I was driving up through Queensland. I spent 36 hours driving. I made one left turn. <laughs> that is crazy. Well, to be fair, that's that's a lot like a... Like, wait, do you mean like you made a left turn, like the road turn left, or you had to get to an intersection and turn left? Yeah, it was an intersection to turn left. I headed from the bottom of the state up to about the middle, chucked a left, and then kept heading <laughs> west. And... Okay, well, that's the same as running our yeah. territories yeah. in Canada, though. Like, nah, that's it's funny. You got to drive for 36 hours. You're going to hit a left, take that, and you'll be good to go. The same as going up into the Yukon in Northwest. You leave Fort St. John. You're like, just so you know, leave Fort St. John. You're going to do about 1,700, 1,800 kilometers. Then you're going to hang a right and stay straight on that for another 1,500 kilometers. And you're there. Ah, uh, true enough. Oh, by the way, you'll pass through three towns in that entire time. Bring plenty of fuel. <laughs> Lots of fuel. Yeah, yeah. I imagine you guys are like, gosh, and you got those big saddle tanks too on your trucks. Oh, we're only running round tanks just for they're a bit safe. Square tanks and fit a couple thousand liters in there. Yeah, I think my truck packs about twelve hundred liters. Oh wow! And meant for running across Canada, right there, Chase. Yeah, yeah. It was it was all spec'd out for the territories. Twelve hundred, two six hundred liter tanks. I could go from Edmonton to Yellowknife back to Edmonton on a tank of fuel. So now, if we, if we leave a small town up north or something trucking, there's it, if you're far up north, there's typically a sign that says, "Okay, you must have your safety gear packed." Like it doesn't say that specifically, but it gives you your rundown that you you won't hit a gas station in another town for hundreds of kilometers. Do you have that out in Australia where they're saying, uh, "Hey, you're about to leave, be prepared." Yeah, definitely. Uh, last one I did was like the Birdsville track, and it was like. No fuel for 250Ks, and you drive up this road, you hit this tiny little town, and it's a pub, which is the servo as well. And they've got a sign that's saying the Maccas is coming soon, which I've been waiting for for a while. <laughs> and then you had another 300Ks up, and then you hit another town, and that's the next stop for fuel. Man, the more I talk to Australians, the more I am certain that Australia is just warm Canada. It does seem that way. Pretty much is, I, I think. <laughs> Like, you guys are, like, laid back, like, Canadians. Like, everyone's, like, Canada's, like, oh, Canada's, like, a, like a America, right? No, no, we are just cold Australia. We are not, like, the U.S. 
So, now, what would be your dream job? If you're not going to be in Australia, if you could go anywhere in the world and do a job, what would you do? I'd love to do that heavy haul stuff in America. Like, those trailers confuse the hell out of me. How they load from the front. Oh, like a low bed unit. Yeah. Like, we've just got ramps on the back of our either floats or, you know, I've, I've run a drop deck as well. And you just fold the ramps down and drop it up. But yeah, like a, like a normal way of doing it. I don't get the whole yeah. RGN detachable gooseneck. I've done a fair bit of heavy haul and, like, I prefer the trailer. On the back, you just lower the ramps, walk the equipment on, rather than doing this whole fancy detach thing. Well, the big one for us is, I guess, like it's all for low bridge heights here, and and low like our legal heights pretty low. So for large exiguers, everything you have to be as low as possible to the ground, and they don't want guys crawling over the back of a trailer with a four fifty hole. That's kind of hard on it. Oh, but uh, it. also, well, hey, I'm not saying I haven't <laughs> either, but it's a little bit hard on. It. Especially if you've got corks on. Those tires don't like that very much. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. So you want to do heavy haul in the U.S., eh? Hell, just heavy haul anyway. I like moving big stuff. Well, come to Canada. we got lots of heavy haul over here. Oh, Canada. <laughs> this is the place you want to do heavy haul. And you get to deal with ice. It's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, I hate the cold. Like, I come from the coldest part of Australia. And it, we'll get to 17 degrees and I've got two jumpers on. Really? Oh, wow. Oh, my God. It was 17 degrees yesterday, and I'm drinking water like crazy, wearing a T-shirt, because I'm like, it's fucking hot out. She's like, almost <laughs> 20 degrees. Fuck this. I think it's 10 right now, and after this, I'm going to hop on the motorcycle, go for a ride in my T-shirt. It's a beautiful day out here. <laughs> that is just ridiculous. <laughs> I know. It's it's about 15 degrees here, and I'm walking around and outside in a T-shirt thinking how beautiful of a day it is. Well, we get climatized, though, Nav. Like, we just came from the winter where I spent a week moving a house in minus 45, 50. Like, that's just what it is, and you're outside all day. Just, you know. That is insane. I had a hole in my boot, too, and it was just like, you know what? Another pair of socks. That covers it up all good. <laughs> Let's keep working. <laughs> like, where you blink, and all of a sudden your eyelids freeze shut, and you're like, ah, I shouldn't have blinked. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part is when your your beard gets a good frost, uh, like a good amount of frost buildup on it, and then you go inside and it melts halfway, but then you go back out again and it refreezes. That that's what always gets me. Oh yeah, and your face is just a frozen chunk of ice. <laughs> yeah, so you don't have that in Australia now. <laughs> oh, I've seen snow a few times. Um, I've had where I grew up. There was a couple of minus four degree days and. That was, was that so cold. was that record breaking? Like it was just crazy. It, I was just well, I was stupid enough that I didn't have a car at the time, so I was riding my motorbike around, and it was you know multiple pants, multiple jumpers, jackets, and I'd I'd get to work and I'd stand in front of the heater for an hour. <laughs> Holy! <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, every time I hear, talk to an Australian, I'm like, I should move to Australia. I want to move to where minus four is the chilly day of the year. And then I hear about the 50 degrees, and I'm like, no, I'll die. Oh, yeah, as long as you stay kind of within the nice area of Australia, it doesn't get too hot. You're like up in your 40s, but... No, oh, if I'm going to Australia, I want to go to the outback. That's just... That seems like the every time I talk to somebody, that just... Like, the southern part of Australia, like Canberra, Sydney, and all that, like, it just... It seems like you're just in another normal part, normal town. Yeah, I avoid those places like the plague. It's just boring and full of people. 
Yeah, I, I, no one, like, well, at least me, I wouldn't want to move to Australia and just be in another city full of people. Yeah, that's definitely something everyone needs to experience. It's just, it's real eye-opener, really, just seeing how, how much there is of nothing. How much nothingness there really is. <laughs> just hundreds of kilometers of desert and straight stretches, eh? Yeah. Oh, I want to see that. Like, I was working at a place, and I was 300 k's west of Alice Springs, and the whole drive there was just sand hills and the occasional bush, and that was it. <laughs> Sounds like Saskatchewan. There's the main truck. Like, over here, it's Kenworth and Peterbilt. They're the, kind of the two main trucks everyone drives. What about Australia? Uh, you run in, you got your three major ones, uh, which is your Kenworth, your Western Star, and your Max. But it was comfortable. It had the goal about it. It was easy to drive. And what do you run? Kenworth? You're in Kenworth, right? Uh, I'm in a T904 at the moment. Uh, Kenworth, yeah. Okay, that's a high hood, Kenworth. Yeah, it is. It is huge. <laughs> T904, that's like our W900, I believe. Uh, we've got... No, the W900s, they have a completely flat bonnet don't they yes yeah yeah or the c it's a c500 that's completely flat the w900 has a slight slope down so they might be the same yeah yeah i think is because you have the c509 which is our c500 i think they just put a nine behind the last digit to denote australian well we had the what was the not you had the 900s and then you got the 904s and the 908s and the 909s it's just the newer models of them. Okay. Well, what would be your dream truck then? If you had to pick one, you're going out on your own, buying your own truck. What would you get? Uh, either a 909 or a 509. There's, if you want a truck, there's no other truck to get. Yeah. If you don't yeah, have to I'd... worry about driving in the city or tight docks or anything, you can have a big bonnet. And it's... One thing, uh, maybe you can understand this for me. Why in Australia are all the sleepers so small on your trucks? Like, you have uh, these massive road trains with, like, six trailers behind, like, 300 feet long, and you're like, oh, but you, your sleeper can only be 40 inches. Yeah, so I've got a 36 bunk at the moment. It's just a bed. Um, but that all comes from our length limits the way they measure the length of a truck well, a combination in Australia is from the front of the bull bar to the back of the truck. So our road trains are allowed to be 53.5 metres and you want to fit as much trailer on that as possible because that's what makes you the money. Yeah, we do the same thing here where it's, you know, it's front bumper to back a trailer but they still give the drivers like a big sleeper. I'm just, it, it, I don't know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me how you can be like three, four hundred feet long, but they're like, hey, 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 that two feet of sleeper to be comfortable, get rid of that. I guess it comes down to as well, like, I only need the bunk in my truck to sleep. Like, I've got enough storage in there that it holds everything. And then for cooking food and just living out of, I just put, put my little gas cooker on the side step and cook my dinner there and I'm all sweet. I, I guess that's it. a good point. During a stop, you can do a lot of stuff outside. 
if you stop in certain places in Canada, depending on the weather, you can't be cooking just outside for fun. No, six months of the year, you don't want to get out of your truck. <laughs> so that does make a lot more sense because you could just hang out, throw a lawn chair on the ground, and hang out outside, and nothing's going to bother you. We can stand outside and it'll be a nice 20 degrees at night and you can cook your dinner, have a few beers, and it's not an issue standing outside where you guys would just get snowed on like nothing else. If it's not snow, it's rain. If it's not rain, it's wind. Then we if get it's a not few wind, days it's mosquitoes. Sun. Yeah, so there's a few, there's a few days of sun and no, well, bugs are always around in the summer. Well, you're in Winnipeg, so yeah, that's a... I'm not in Winnipeg. Stop saying that. You're like 150 <laughs> kilometers away from Winnipeg. You're in Winnipeg. That's, that's, that's around Canada. the corner. Do you yeah. know, uh, Dav, do you know your uh, Canada geography pretty good? <laughs> um, I know that it gets a bit Frenchy the further east you go, and that's about it. No, that's <laughs> accurate. Yeah, that's that's all you yeah, need yeah. to know. Stay he knows west Canada geography. Car. Yeah. Uh, come up here. Come to the west side. Come in the summer. It's not too bad. I've always wanted to go to Canada, but I can't justify... That would also work, but I feel like they don't even need to hear you talk. They'll just see you like, oh, it's a 25-degree day, and here's Nav coming with a winter park on. You're like, this is an Australian. I think it would be fine. I think I think uh, people here quite like the Australian accent. I think uh, for girls, actually, it's pretty good. You should come, come up to the bar if they ever open up again for me. Oh, I, apparently it works a treat, but then they meet me, and they realize I'm a, I'm a complete loser. <laughs> oh, no, the accent <laughs> tricks them for so long. Yeah, you can play off the accent for a while, I think. Oh, good. I'll have to Aussie it out proper then. Why oh, yeah. You could just like tell any Aussie story. story and they'll just be like, oh, he's he's not an yeah. idiot. That's just how they do it in Australia. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I didn't understand half of what you said, but you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much was what it is. Do we sound weird to you not having accents? Like, is that different? <laughs> uh, like, not really. Like, my partner is a Kiwi, so I'm used to hearing just different accents. Oh, I, All the time. I always thought the Kiwi and the Australian accent was relatively similar when I hear them. I have a harder time telling them apart, but... Oh, they are completely different. <laughs> yeah, how dare you, Chase? Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Just threw out some fighting words, but that's okay. <laughs> so, uh, have, you, have you been to the States? Or, like you said, you haven't been to Canada yet, but... I've never left the country. Okay. You're planning on it, though. Yeah, I've I've got the passport forms there so i can head over and see the partner's family but hey it's, i've always had the belief that i need to travel my own country before i venture out to the rest so i don't know that's always a good way to look at it see uh, if you see your own country then you have a better perspective when you go elsewhere yeah exactly and then what do you I've think done... of the whole Kanzak thing? Um, the how people have been proposing like an economic union, like the EU, but between um, Australia, um, the United Kingdom, Canada, and New Zealand. Oh, I think what that do... would be awesome. Yeah, like, I haven't met anyone that's opposed to that idea yet. Any way to make trade between countries easier? I'm all for. Yeah, like get rid of the work permits like it was in like the EU. You could just pick up, move to England, work there for a few months, move to New Zealand, come to Canada. Like I, our countries are all so similar that I think of like a free trade union would be like Europe had would be the best idea. It's perfect. Like uh, Australia already has that with New Zealand. So I can go over to New Zealand without a visa and go get a job straight away. No issues at all. And 
they can do that in the reverse. And that's how I've, my partner works in Australia. But it just, it's simple. Like you don't have to go through all paperwork and the rigmarole of everything. And then, oh, you can only be here for three months before you've got to go back. Yeah, like we just need to include Canada in your guys. It's like, can you just yeah. include us? Do you yeah, have that power? Rope us in with that. <laughs> I'll, I'll make a call to the Prime Minister and uh, see what I can sort out. It's Perfect. Australia. Appreciate I wouldn't that. be surprised if you could just dial them up and see. Australia is a small country. Of course you can, Jordan. They got like 30 million people. Like they're the same size as Canada. You haven't called up Trudeau? <laughs> uh, I don't think he'd want to hear what I have to say. Fair. Well, I- I met one Prime Minister once, and that was at the cricket. And <laughs> had a conversation with him like it was nothing, and then that was it. <laughs> just bumped into him. Just another Aussie. Just uh, yeah, at the cricket much. game. Yeah. That is the most Australian story ever. I'm assuming <laughs> beer was involved, but... Oh, there's, it's the cricket. There's always beer involved. Perfect. Cricket in Australia. Met the Prime Minister. Had a few beers. Yeah. <laughs> nice you didn't even tell nice him to include Canada. People always ask me, like, why do you watch cricket? And it's like, you don't watch cricket. Cricket's just the background noise while you get absolutely plastered with your mates. <laughs> oh. oh, fair enough. So it's like hockey. Okay. I watch hockey, Chase. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, hockey lasts for, what, nine minutes, where cricket lasts for five days? What? It's a big bender. Yeah, you oh. test matches that go for five days straight. You would have to explain cricket to me. I have no earthly clue. How does a game last five days? Uh, you get two innings per team, 90 overs a day. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's a test match, so you'll get a fair few test matches per year. And five days straight, you'll be able to watch cricket and get absolutely plastered. Oh, so there's multiple games in that five days. Oh, it's, so it would be like two teams. One goes out to bat, and the other one goes out to bowl, and they do that twice. And then they, well, they do that once, swap over. So swap who bats and bowls, do that. And then do that again once more. And yeah, it turns out to be five days long. Well, that sounds like a good drinking day for five days then. <laughs> good drinking week. It's, it's a good drinking week. You start hating yourself and you really wish the game was over, but it's pretty good. Well, there are other people. I imagine after five days, like the third day, people are like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm going I'm to go home. Text me when it's, she's near. Yeah. <laughs> It pretty much works like that. Like, you'll have it on, and then you don't watch. Like, people think you watch Test Cricket the whole way through, which you don't. You just have it on, and then occasionally you go, oh, yeah, that's the score. Okay, go back. A couple of hours later, yes. Oh, that sounds like, like my sport. Three hours of play go by, and nothing changed. Wrap her up there, I guess. Yeah, we've gone on pretty long here. That sounds good to me. Thanks for coming on there, Nav. Yeah, oh, thanks, thanks Nav. for having me.